So a lot of times when we talk about mental health and emotional health, I think a lot of times we forget about how both of those things reside in our body, how trauma resides in our body. And I don't just mean like, you know, you just feel it in your muscles and you go and work out. I mean, yes, that counts too, but a lot of times untreated trauma, mental, emotional issues, if it's untreated, it it still lives in your body. And a lot of times it turns out as sickness. It turns into diseases. It turns into high blood pressure, high cholesterol, all of those things. So I know it's not a new subject, but it's definitely a subject worth talking about and at least talking about more. In our next interview, we talk with Allie Cates. Now, I read her stinking bio and I went and I visited her website and I swear it's like a book in the making. Like, I mean, I don't know, give her some years. Maybe she'll be a part of Oprah's book club or something like that because this woman has been through it. And she actually offline gave me some helpful um, tips when it comes to my own health and how my own emotional stuff and, and trauma might be living in my body and how I might have been misdiagnosed and blah, blah, blah. Anywho, I want you to listen to this and I want you to really pay attention to the cycle that she found a lot of us live in. Hey, Slay Nation. We're back with another episode of the So She Slays podcast. I'm your host, Heather. I am so excited to talk to our guest today, Allie Cates. She is an emotional health coach. And I really want to dive into our topic today about being strong enough to handle hard things, but to feel them is a totally different story. And to feel them not only emotionally, but you feel them physically as well. And what exactly that means. So before we deep dive into this subject, Allie, go ahead and give us a little bit about yourself. Hi, everyone. My name is Allie Cates. Like Heather said, thanks so much for having me on the podcast. So I am an emotional health coach by branding, but my certification, I am a certified trauma-informed coach and also a somatic experience practitioner in training. So what I really focus on is how the body is connected with the mind. So when we go through trauma, we go through emotions, we feel it a lot in our body. So what I help people do is to really help move that emotional charge out of their body. Because Mm. honestly, we live in our heads, you know, all day. And I always tell people like, if we could heal ourselves, we would do it because we're constantly in our head all the time, but it's really our body that holds onto that trauma and then can manifest in different forms. Okay. So I, I want to talk about this because I think this is something that Chauncey, uh, so she slays co-founder, she hops on our podcast every now and then, but, uh, (laughs) we just recently started exploring this idea because I think, you know, so she slays, if you followed us, we talk about wellness, we talk about mental health, we talk about self-awareness. Um, but I think there's an element that we leave out a lot, which is how it manifests in your body physically. Um, you know, you kind of mentioned diseases and all that stuff, autoimmune and whatnot, and you yourself, you have experience with chronic Lyme disease. So, um, in case the audience doesn't know that, what it, what exactly is. Yeah. So I chronic Lyme disease is Lyme disease, but it is, it's gone on for a long time. So quick kind of backstory about me was that I was misdiagnosed at 13 and had a whole host of autoimmune conditions from 13 
to 25. And then three weeks before my husband and I got married, I was, you know, fainting at night and I was diagnosed with late stage chronic Lyme disease. Um, and after we got home from our honeymoon, I sat in an IV room for nine and a half months, three to four times a week, six to eight hours a day, literally like it broke me down and I tried everything under the sun for it was diagnosed for more with more things like endometriosis, POTS, you know, you name it. It's kind of, it's all runs the gamut because my body was so disheveled. Um, and simultaneously I was also doing my trauma healing work. So it's like this kind of dark night of the soul, I guess you could call Mm. it like everything just kind of burned because my body couldn't take on how much emotional charge was coming out. So it started showing up in disease, which is, I think scientifically people are starting to see, uh, the emotional mental health and how that manifests in your body through sickness and through diseases. Um, and you yourself, I mean, uh, offline, we kind of talked a little bit about both of the things that we've gone through. Um, you have suffered abuse. You've, you've lost people like a good amount of people in a short amount of time. Um, you've also just dealt with health and, and sickness and all that kind of stuff. I myself, um, I think we both kind of have a little bit of the same um, story in the fact where it wasn't until I lost three people um, within a year and a half and you lost three people within a year where it was one of those things where I'm like, I think I, I need help. Like, yeah. I don't know how to process these these feelings that I'm going through. Um, and for you, for you, it was friends. For me, it was grandparents. I had lost three grandparents within a year and a half. And we, if it wasn't, if I wasn't in a hospice care, a funeral home or a hospital, like, I, I mean, that that's how I spent a year and a half in between all of those three things. So what about you? For me, it was, so I'm going to back up a second. So for me, I had been through, you know, childhood trauma and then developmental trauma as well. And I'd kind of like scratched the surface a little bit. I had been to counseling. I had been to therapy. I kind of dabbled in a little bit. And every single time I went to either a different therapist, they're like, you know what? You're scrappy. You get it. You can take like the techniques that we're giving you. I was doing CBT therapy, EMDR, hypnotherapy, talk therapy, psychotherapy. And they were like, you get it. It's fine. Everything's fine. But I would always still feel this massive amount of anxiety in my body and was like, I I don't feel fine. Like, I don't know what that means, but I'm obviously not fine. And then fast forward, my husband and I lost three people in nine months. And then we went on to lose a total of seven people in two years. And I remember going back to these funerals and just seeing the difference between people that were able to handle and take care of their mental health versus those that, that didn't and myself included. And I remember just being so overwhelmed, so anxious, so depressed like I had never felt this low before in my life. I'm like, there's so much there to unpack. And that's when I started doing the trauma healing work because those deaths had really triggered all of this pain that I had kind of shoved aside and that had been dismissed like, oh no, no, I think you're fine. You get it through regular talk therapy. All of those things were coming up in my body and I couldn't ignore them because they were Mm -hmm. showing up as, you know, disease, autoimmune, et cetera, simultaneously that my emotional pain was showing up. Oh my gosh. Okay. So, I I mean, I kind of go through the same thing. Um, A lot of the therapists 
they'll be like, you're my favorite client because you're not like afraid to do the work and you're not afraid to like have these tough conversations and you are actually really healthy. Like you were doing yeah. great. And I'm like, mm, am I though? Like, I don't feel good. <laughs> I don't feel great. Uh, <laughs> am I though? Because I don't know. Um, so let's, let's talk about this more. When did you start realizing the correlation between both physically and mentally having issues? I think I was probably, you know, I think I was in fight or flight for such a long time that when I started doing the trauma healing, it took a minute for me to just get out of fight or flight because I mm -hmm. was just surviving at that point. Um, so when things started to click together was after I got out of the IV room and really had like another kind of breaking down. And I was like, okay, I'm not going to let this disease be who I am. And I have so much more to give and so much more to offer in this world that this is also my trauma and emotional pain and, you know, complex PTSD showing up in my body. And that I need to do more of that work to flush it out because what people don't realize, and I'm going to kind of nerd out here because I love this so much, um, is that when we have an emotional charge, so let me back up for a second. If you see an animal out in nature, let's say there's like a rabbit and a coyote and the coyote is going to chase after the rabbit, right? The rabbit does not get traumatized after the coyote chases after it because it goes through a complete stress cycle. So for those of you at home, what happens is the rabbit gets triggered, right? And then it goes into fight or flight and then it has a discharge and I'm drawing a circle with my hand, then it has a discharge and then it goes into rest and digest. Most of us get stuck getting triggered and going into fight or flight, getting triggered and going into fight or flight. So mm -hmm. that charge that happens, we never get that release that happens right naturally. So that charge stays in our body and your fascia tissue in your, in your body can hold up to a thousand pounds of emotional charge. So think about it. If you're constantly in fight or flight, you're not going to be able to recognize like what's going on, or you're not going to be able to make good decisions, or you're not going to be able to feel into your body. Like there was a whole chunk of my life that I was so disassociated from my own body because one, it was in pain. And two, my own emotional charge was so intense in my body that I didn't feel good in it. So this whole, yeah. Okay. So that, that brings me to this question then we're stuck between fight and flight in this initial charge, right? And we go back and forth, go back and forth, back and forth. And I myself, I mean, I'm, I'm intrigued by this because I, I have that problem. I go back yeah. and forth a lot. How do we go to the other step? Like what needs you? I'm like, how do we make this circle? Because I don't think people know how to do, I don't know how to do that. So that's where like different techniques, like somatic experiencing, myofascial release, even just allowing yourself to feel the emotion. So when most of us, you know, feel that charge, like let's say you're going to get, you're, you have anxiety. I don't know. Tell me about a time when you have anxiety recently. Oh my gosh. Uh, so she slays just launched a new business. And so part of me is like, oh, we're super excited, but like at the same time too, it's fight or fight, fight or fight, like money, clients, money, clients. And it's like all of that anxiety just builds up back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And then it's like, then I'm stressed the hell out. Where do you feel it right now in your body? Um, I manifest it physically. And that's yeah. why when like, I feel it in my, in my muscles, and so that's also why I have to work out because it, it, that is how, at least thus far in my life, I have been able to release 
the anxiety and the stress. Yep. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, there's so many different practices, right. And it would have to be like kind of a one-on-one consultation to know, but I mean, great thing is like working out, you know, meditating can help people at certain times. It can also make them even more anxious meditation because your nervous system needs to be in a place of like ease and discharge. Mm -hmm. Um, Something that I always tell people if they're like just starting this work is just scanning the room. So literally, so this is what happens when you're in fight or flight, you put on these kind of blinders. I don't know if you're releasing the video part of this, but you put on these blinders so you can't see. Okay. So even just really slowly turning your head to the right and looking at things that are around you, like, okay, I can see the door. I can see my cup on the table. I can see the wall, like those things. And then turning your head all the way to the left, help you to just let your body know, okay, I'm not getting chased by a tiger. I'm okay. Because it's primal. When we're in fight or flight, this was made for a reason, right? Back in Mm. the day. This Mm -hmm. is how we would escape things as you go into fight or flight. And so doing, having certain techniques in your back pocket to know, okay, I'm not in fight or flight right now, right? Like you just launched launched this business. No one's chasing you. (laughs) It's just your body is like, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm panicked. And then when you get triggered and then your body stays in that heightened alert state, then that's when we get sick or that's when things flare up. Because our body's like, oh my goodness, I can't keep this up anymore. We're not meant to be in fight or flight for longer than however long we're out chasing the the issue or the, you know. So, okay. So I know you do a lot of one-on-one work, but what is it then that like you end up asking yourself or thinking about that gets you from the fight or flight to the actual, what's the, what's the other stage? The discharge. One I would say, like for anyone out there that's listening and is like, how do I do this work? It's like just getting clear on what is the emotion that's coming up. So is it anger? Is it sadness? Is it, you know, resentment? Like what's getting clear on that emotion? Because that emotion is going to then help you get to the space of release, right? I think mm-hmm. specifically, you know, a lot of my clients come in and they have a lot of repressed anger and they'll be like, no, 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 I'm not angry at all. I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm like, you know what fine means? Fine means freaked out, insecure, neurotic, or emotional. Ooh, I love that. Oh, I love that. Fine does not mean fine. (laughs) I know, right? I always like when I say that, my intern's like, you're not fine. Don't say that to me. (laughs) But I always tell people, it's like, just get clear on what the emotion is first. Where are you? And then asking yourself like, okay, where am I feeling it in my body? Am I feeling it in my shoulders? Am I feeling it in my forehead, my jaw, my stomach, my pelvis, my hips, my thighs, like where my toes, like I have people that are like, I'm feeling it in my hands because I'm just like clenching my hands all the time. A lot of people get it in their jaw when they clench or grind at night. Like you got some TMJ issues, I bet, yeah. <laughs> I bet yeah. some stress is involved. It is. And that is a lot of like holding down, like just going into freeze mode. When you think about mm. it, because when you're frozen, everything clenches down. I almost feel like it's um because I have that issue too. It, it's white knuckling through the stress. Yep. And, but that's probably linked back to a time in your life when you actually had to push through it to survive. So now every time this thing in the past get triggered, gets triggered in the present, you're like reenacting it out to make it complete that circle that I was talking about earlier. Okay. Okay. I mean, that's, uh, probably a hundred percent fact <laughs> um, when it comes to that. Like I think too, and and just to clarify for the listeners too, 
it's not a specific instance or memory. It's a feeling, right? A, um, a fight or flight feeling that ends up happening to where all that stuff starts kind of getting re-triggered. Um, so we get into this, sorry, one more time. What is that? Um, what's that third stage? Oh, the, the release. The release. There's a fourth. Rest and digest, which is where you like can actually like take a big breath. Like when you feel like, like, have you ever had it after you work out and you're like, oh my gosh, I feel clear to my body. Like that's what we're talking about. When we're talking about rest and digest, but people think that they're going into rest and digest because maybe they're like taking a nap and that's just your body shutting down actually. So you need to complete the whole cycle. Oh my gosh. Okay. So we talked about noticing where you feel it physically in your yes. body. How do you then get back to your rest and, and release rest part? And digest, rest, and, yeah. rest and digest part. Because um, I feel like, you know, once it's one thing to know where it is, right? And it's one thing to identify it, but then what? Yeah. So then you identify it. And then, you know, there's different ways, right? This could be like a somatic experience Um session, but then you ask yourself, like, what is it like, is there a color? Is there a shape? Does it feel a certain way? Do I, have I felt this emotion or this feeling at a different time? Like some people will be like, oh, I have this right hip pain and it comes on every single time I think about my grandma dying, right? Like people can get really specific on where they feel the pain. And so then getting clear with that, like, okay, then what is that emotion? Well, it's probably anger. Like, and I'm just going off of something I said, right? Okay, so it's anger. Okay, so what does that anger want to do? It wants to scream. It wants to cry. It wants to punch a pillow. It wants to like get this aggression out. Okay, then go, let's go do that. Letting your body actually release that because, you know, we don't walk around hitting and punching people. But every single time that you wanted to like get angry, especially around grief or, you know, sadness, it's like most people will shut it down and be like, you can't show anger right now. Stop getting upset. Stop raising your voice. But that charge lives in your body. So it doesn't just go away when someone tells you to stop crying or stop screaming or stop, you know, X, Y, and Z, it stays charged. And so that's when you want to actually go to that third step and discharge it. So by, you know, doing like what I said, screaming, punching, crying, whatever the thing is that it needs. And there's many more techniques that you can do shaking, right? All these different things that can help you actually discharge that pain and you know what i almost so this is super interesting i got two things that came from that came up when you were talking about that um you know when i i used to um i've always been able to release physically so like the punching and like all that kind of stuff like i would feel so like angry when I was younger or out of control or like I didn't have um a say in something right um that I would physically go to a punching bag my um my parents uh had a workout room or whatever and there was a punching bag in there and I would just release like I would go ham on this punching bag until the point where my knuckles would get bloody right and I always thought you know, because we're also seen in, in media too, right? They're like, oh, that's unhealthy, right? Like punching to where your knuckles are bleeding, all that kind of stuff. And I almost, I almost, after hearing that, what you just said, challenge that. Yes. Because I think that was my way of coping, of getting all of that out of me. Um, now, 
where things probably weren't so healthy is the fact that I kept returning to that situation. Um, so that's a different story altogether, right? I would fight, I would get to the, what was our first point here? Like your trigger. trigger. So I would get to trigger fight or flight, and then I would release, but then I would return right back to trigger. Yeah. And that's the thing is like, if you're not completing the release cycle fully, that's why it's helpful to work with a practitioner so they can see in your body. Like, okay, Heather, like you're staying in fight too much. Like, let's try and move you back into a place of like calm and relaxation. Um, so that's why it's helpful to work with a practitioner, but yeah, if you don't actually allow your body to kind of drop down, then you're going to, you know, ramp right back up. I remember like the Pac-Man game or something that like the energy had to drop down and then it would just like ramp right back up. And so you have to like actually drop the charge and then learn a new technique so you can get into rest and digest. Yeah. So it makes sense if you're like, okay, if this is the way that I'm feeling release, or this is the way that I'm feeling, you know, a sense of control over my situation that I'm, that I had when I was a kid, you're going to go right back to that. And that's still going to be the case. Even, I mean, you have like 40, 50, 20 year olds walking around that like are really at emotional level of like a five-year-old because they have never learned how to actually, you know, complete that full stress cycle. And, And that's, that's fact because as adults, right, we still, we, we harbor that kind of stuff and it's not until you're ready and willing to do the work that all of these things start coming up. Right. Because, you know, you learn these things and then you, you see it as normal because that's all you've ever known. That's all you've ever been exposed to. Um, I want to talk about the, the aspect of this where I think a lot of people pride themselves on being strong in handling hard shit because life can be shitty sometimes right um and there's there are definitely people out there who struggle and who continue to struggle and who just pray for a break um and they bottle it up and they shove it down right because i don't have time to deal with this i have to handle the next problem yeah as someone who wore the 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 um that badge of honor very well, it comes back in your body. Like that was me. It was like, I constantly was shoving stuff down and thinking that, okay, well, I don't have time to deal with this. Oh, I have this memory popping up from childhood. I don't have time to deal with this. I'm angry and pissed off. Shove it down. Be nice girl. You know, I'm feeling inadequate. Okay. Shove it down because you have everything that you need or whatever, whatever the storyline is that we're telling ourselves. And then we're shoving it down. Your body remembers that, you know, if your mind forgets it, your body remembers it and it comes back with a vengeance. Like, you know, I have uh, hypothyroidism. I've had it since I was 13. It's like, this is because trauma is locked in your throat. Okay. So if you can't speak your truth, it's going to show up where it, it is autoimmune and autoimmunity can turn on at any time. So typically autoimmunity turns on after you've either had a death or a car accident or some type of traumatic incident, and then it turns right on. All this health stuff is so linked together. And I think we forget that. And especially, I mean, I'm not, doctors are so incredible and we need them, but we don't talk about this enough with patients that are getting diagnosed with, you know, diseases, cancer, et cetera, because it's not something that we in society really talk about is how to handle emotional pain and trauma when it comes up and when it specifically shows up in your body. It's a holistic approach that's actually in 
in me doing all of these interviews and also, you know, talking this out with friends and that kind of stuff, I am becoming more and more aware of how holistic health actually is. Um, where it's your mental, it's your physical, it's in everything in between there, right? Um, in addressing each one of those things. You know, especially with older generations and, and I have a great relationship with my parents and I think in me becoming more self-aware, they've become more self-aware or are starting the journey as well. It's contagious like that. Um, exactly. So, but my thing too is like noticing um, their health problems and their familial health problems and what was happening psychologically, mentally, in life, in culture at the time. Right. In epigenetics, which literally changes the DNA of the genes. It's literally the study of how your genes change from either like trauma or what people have been through from each generation. And then it gets inherited. That's why we call it, you know, generational trauma or generational pain. It's like if your parents have lived in a space, like for example, like my grandma grew up during the depression, right? So it's like, and she was one of my very dear friends. And so she lived in such a place of scarcity, then like, that's something that I'm going to inherit too. And that's going to be something that's in the back of my own kind of unconscious until I start to bring it and make it aware. So yeah, you can inherit. There's going to be like secondhand trauma, inherited trauma, generational trauma too. You know what? And that's actually, um, I was just talking about this because both of my parents did not grow up very financially stable at all. And the never having enough mentality has actually passed on to yeah. my siblings and I. Um, some more than others, definitely. Um, myself, the having enough thing is something I I am currently battling. Um, but then also to trying to get out of that learned habit um, to where you also realize that you're not in the same situation that your parents were in. Like, thank yeah. God, but <laughs> you, right. the necessity of that feeling isn't actually. Yeah. What helps you with that, with the mindset? Recognizing I'm doing it. And then um, I have a, like a self-talk dialogue of like, okay, realistically, like take a step back. Are we really having to feel this or is this the fear that's coming up that's then triggering all of this? Totally. Yeah. I've had clients that have the same thing and myself included. It's like you, you don't even recognize that this isn't your fear. And I always ask myself like, what is mine? And then helping my body not be in fight or flight, not to take the thing on and make it my own. Because I feel like, you know, we're all sensitive whether or not you believe that you are like there's stuff that gets under your skin and allowing your body to feel safe and be like, okay, this is not my pain. This is not my emotion and discerning the difference between what's yours and what's maybe something that someone has said, or that has come from a place of, you know, trauma or emotional pain from your past is really important to discern the difference. I always like to leave our audience with some action items. Um, we talked about a lot in these, you know, 20 some odd minutes. Um, what are some questions that you would recommend people start asking themselves if maybe they related to any aspect of what we've talked about? 
ask yourself, where do you feel, let's say you're anxious or you are angry or you're depressed, asking yourself, like, where do I feel this in my body? Can I even feel anything in my body? Most of us are so caught up, cut off from our body because it has been maybe a not safe place to live, whether it's from emotional pain or you're going through, you know, you have autoimmunity, et cetera, or you're just a human at this point in life. Like just asking yourself, okay, I'm feeling anxious. Where do I feel that in my body? Okay. It's in my chest. What is it? What does it want to say anything? Is it a shape? Is it a color? Is it a, a feeling? Have you felt this before? And just starting to befriend that feeling in your body and not making it wrong. But for me, it's like things are so, or what I focus on is, is the emotional charge in the body. So if any of this resonated, it's like just getting acquainted with where it sits in your body would be the first thing. Definitely. Um, noticing and being able to identify is definitely one of those things that, uh, we can all get better at myself included. (laughs) Um, where can people find you, uh, if they want to follow, talk to you, anything? Yeah. So everything is alliecates.co. So that's A-L-I and then K-A-T-E-S dot C-O. That's my website, Instagram, TikTok. You can also email me at hello alliecates.co. Awesome. Thank you so much, Allie, for joining us. I think we definitely touched on a lot of important aspects and I'm excited to kind of dive deeper into the physical aspects of mental health. Um, Until next time, Slay Nation, thanks for joining.